and we back, and we back. Yo, man, brand new episode for your head top. This podcast about nothing, aka, wait, no, wait, wait, no, the podcast doesn't have an aka. Uh, this podcast about nothing. I'm your host, the Apex, and um, allow me to take this time to uh, say to everybody that's tuning in right now, man. Thank you for tuning in. If y'all hear some thumping and bumping and all that stuff rumbling around that's my dryer still gotta get it replaced they still acting like a bunch of douchebags they won't replace my goddamn dryer but regardless to the fact man i gotta get the episode out to y'all it's been five days so i gotta get one to y'all um been a while it's been a while but um yeah man this episode i I don't want to say that this is a this that this is another OG type episode or whatever the case is. Um, I don't want to say that. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to say that. But I do want to talk about. All right, so look, this. So I listened to. I didn't listen to it. I was. I was. But I was listening to. The new Rory and Maul podcast, right? And they brought up T Pain and what he went through in like 2012 or 2013 on the plane sitting next to Usher. Usher told, so for those of y'all who don't know, T Pain is an artist. Uh, I don't know, R&B. Would you put T Pain in R&B? I, I guess R&B. R&B artist who uses a lot of auto tune. You know, makes his voice sound like a robot when he sings and stuff like that. I mean, he wasn't the one that invented it, but, you know, nevertheless, he popularized it. He popularized it. Now, everybody uses it to this day. And he started this trend back in, what, 04? When did um, I'm Sprung come out? Was that 04? I think that was, like, 04. So, anyway... Um, Yeah, I think that was about 04. So anyway, uh, I'm not about to go through T-Pain Serato like that. Uh, but anyway, he says that in, I think it was 2012, he was sitting on a plane. And Usher was sitting in the back of the plane. Now, I don't know why Usher is flying commercial. Like, why is Usher flying commercial? And then this is 2012, and T-Pain's flying commercial, too? Y'all can't fly private? I mean, you don't need your own. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm not pocket-watching. So, anyway. Um, Usher goes to the back of the plane, and he tells the stewardess, yo, tell T-Pain to come back here. I need to highlight him. Right? This is in 2012. So, then T-Pain goes back there. And T-Pain and Usher are roughly about the same age. It's just, you know, Usher um, started releasing music a solid decade before T-Pain did. A solid decade. Like, 89, 90. He started releasing music. So, anyway, um, not T-Pain, but Usher. Usher probably... I think Usher's first project actually came out maybe 93... 
like his first first project. I think it was in like ninety three, and Usher could have been about fourteen years old himself, right? T Pain, who knows when T Pain started releasing music, but we all know I'm Sprung came out in like oh three or oh four. So you know, it was about a decade before either one of them became critically acclaimed and they became well known and popularized, right? So. So here you have two different generations, even though the two guys themselves are about the same age. Like they could very well be the same age. Like Usher was probably like forty four or something like that. T Pain gotta be about forty. So they are so they're 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 in the same age group. But musically they're in two different generations, right? Um Oh snap. Anyway. Um, so, you know, they're the same age, but musically, they're two different generations. They're, they're probably two generations apart from each other. So anyway, Usher tells the stewardess, yo, tell T-Pain, come back here and holler at me real quick. Now, I don't know why Usher just didn't tell T-Pain himself, but Usher's Usher. And so the stewardess ushers T-Pain back to Usher. T-Pain sits down with him. Now, I didn't listen to the little podcast that T-Pain was on talking about this situation. I just listened to Rory and Maul give a synopsis on it, right? So T-Pain is on over there, sitting next to Usher. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they're having a conversation. I'm pretty sure they're just, you know, just shooting the shit, just having a conversation or whatever. But somehow the conversation derails a little bit. Now, I don't know. I don't know why or where or when or for what. But for some reason, it turns into somehow their conversation turns into Usher telling T-Pain, yo, you know that you ruined R&B. Something to that effect. Now, he could have said you ruined music or maybe you ruined R&B. I don't know. But Usher told T-Pain on the plane back in 2012, you ruined R&B. Because T-Pain uses auto-tool, which, again, like it, it's like a little recording editing tool that can make that 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 makes your voice sound like you're singing into a fan if, if any of you have ever done that that's what auto-tune sounds like it sounds like you're singing into a fan which can sometimes make you sound like you have better vocal skills than you actually have so then everybody started doing it right but it was just funny for Usher to say that to T-Pain. I'm a huge Usher fan. Usher is probably, probably, probably my third favorite artist of all time. He is single-handedly my favorite R&B act ever. But he's probably my third favorite artist, period, of all time. So, so to hear him say that, To hear him say that kind of saddened me. And I think, you know, and Usher said he went to a, not Usher, T-Pain said he went to a depression a little bit after that. 
And some people were like, man, T-Pain, you soft, blah, 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 right? But it's like, if T-Pain was a huge fan of Usher, not only a huge fan, but maybe he looked up to Usher. Maybe he idolized him. Maybe Usher was one of the R&B acts that made him go, man, I want to get to... And not for nothing, T-Pain can't sing. Not for nothing. As well as Usher? Absolutely not. T-Pain can sing, though. Like, he can sing. Now, if I had to, like, grade it, it wouldn't be the highest. Like, his voice isn't... I don't think he would have had a big career the way he did if he just used his normal singing voice. Let me say that. Like, what made T-Pain, what polarized T-Pain was the auto-tune. And I hated it, don't get me wrong. I had a couple little T-Pain songs as my, uh, for a ringtone. Like, uh, I'm Sprung was one, was a ringtone I had on my cell phone. This is, I had a, I had a prepaid phone too, dog. But um, I had a prepaid phone. My mom got it for me when I graduated eighth grade. Uh, no, my dad did. I think my dad did. He got me a little prepaid phone. <laughs> he got me a little prepaid phone for graduating eighth grade. And um, man, I had two T Pain songs. And dog, this is gonna sound terrible, but I'm I'm gonna be real with y'all. Uh, I had two T-Pain songs for my ringtone. One of them was I'm Sprung for this for one girl that I was talking to. I I, I don't know. I, I liked her. I liked her. She she had that ringtone. And then another girl had the ringtone that I can't remember the name of the song, but it's featuring Young Jock. One, somebody go look that up for me. It was T-Pain featuring Young Jock. And that was the ringtone for another girl I was talking to. And so, um, yeah, T-Pain had the hits. And that was around the time, too, where everybody was trying to make a hit record so that they could sell ringtones. That that was an era that Soulja Boy and T-Pain ran. That was an era. Like, they had some of the most um, downloaded songs for ringtones than any other artist. Like, that was an era that T-Pain and Soulja Boy ran. I'm not going to hold you. And I am not a fan of Soldier Boy. Never was, never liked him. I remember Snoop Dogg said Soldier Boy ruined rap, and he did because because of Soldier Boy and T Pain and Lil Wayne, we have the rap that we have now. I'll get into that on a different episode. But um, yeah. So I had two T Pain records, one T Pain record for one girl, another T Pain record for another girl, as my ringtone. But everybody was doing that. Everybody was downloading ringtones. Like that's just what it was. T-Pain and Soulja Boy ran that era. The, the ringtone era from like 04-ish, 04-ish, 05-ish to about 08. They ran that ringtone era. But then the iPhone came out and you couldn't do ringtones on the iPhone. So anyway, um, but yeah, no, nah, man, they ran that era. But 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 and you know what? Even for Snoop Dogg to say Soldier Boy ruined rap, and for Usher to say T Pain ruined R and B, it's crazy though. It's crazy that 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 was said to those two people. 
and they weren't were they the main contributors to ruining quote-unquote music music is an art form though and art is subjective you know van gogh can paint a whole bunch of stars into a dark starry sky but then you have another dude who may put a red dot on a white background and that sells for 1.5 million dollars did he ruin art it's just a red dot on a white piece of paper I don't know man like it's like music is art art is subjective so you can't say that they ruined an art form I I mean truth be told and quiet is kept they kind of pushed the art form forward now did it go in the right direction to me no but I'm a hip hop fan you know I love hip hop I love the rapidity rap lyrical miracle stuff the Lloyd Banks's the Fabulous the J. Cole's Jay-Z's Nas Biggie's Pox, Red Man, Method Man, Eminem. I'm along that. But what's crazy is this, though. Actually, after I said Eminem, this is crazy. How come nobody said Eminem ruined hip-hop? I mean, he rapped about raping his mom and murdering his baby mama. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. Eminem can spit. Like, he he can rap rap, right? But how come they said, how come they didn't say Nelly ruined hip hop? The whole singing, melody, rapping thing, Nelly was doing that. Nelly started doing that. How come nobody said, and you know what I'm saying, RIP, God rest his soul? How come no one said Shock G ruined hip hop? He came out with the Humpty Dance. That's not ruining hip hop though. Now you're gonna have that BS rap songs. You know what I'm saying? In rotation. What about Biz Marquee? Like there were other rap artists that were out at the same time Snoop Dogg was. But no one said but how come Run DMC didn't hit up Biz Marquee like yo, you ruined the hip hop? Like, no one said that to him. So why is it that... I don't know. It's it's weird, man. It's weird, like, where... I feel like people have this nostalgia at for the 90s. And everything about the 90s was just great. Just like how people from the 90s want to scream that LeBron ruined basketball. Kevin Durant ruined basketball. Because, oh, they forming super teams, right? But y'all couldn't... Y'all couldn't, back in the 90s, super teams couldn't necessarily form because, I mean, they're just making so much more money now. And then when you look at the talent pool of the NBA, some of the best players are bound to end up on the same teams together. There's more star players now than there was 20 years ago. God, actually, longer than that. Because 20 years ago, I was 10. 25 years ago, 
26 years ago, there's more talent now than there was then. But people who are fan, fans of the 90s say that all of these things, like, okay, even for me, right? I think my generation of music was was a tailspin for hip-hop. It was a tailspin because you had D4L, you had D4L, the Shake Your Laffy Taffy song, and you had them franchise boys with um, lean with it, rock with it, and stuff like that. Like you had that come out in like '04, which is when I was in high school. So it's like, but then when you look at my era, we also had the Fifty Cent's come out in my time. You know what I'm saying? Fifty Cent came out when I was in like seventh or eighth grade. Now, will that be my era or my older brother Crunchy Cornbread era? I don't, I don't know. But, you know, you, you had the... Even though T.I. came out in, like, 2000, but he really didn't start picking up steam until about 04 or 05 when King came out, when the album King came out. That's when he started really picking up steam. Um, and you can say Lil Wayne was a part of Cash Money Records and he came out in the late 90s and stuff like that, but he didn't start picking up steam until the 2000s. Now, I hate Lil Wayne. Sometimes I think it's personal and I don't know why, but I hate Lil Wayne. But nevertheless, we had Lil Wayne's. We had T.I. Um, we had... The game, the game came out in like oh four, oh five ish when I was in eighth grade, freshman in high school. So you had the game. Uh, again, like I said, Ti started picking up steam. Little Wayne started picking up steam. Um, like it's not just all Soldier Boy and D Four L and the franchise boys. Like it's not just them. You know, but then I, I see now I pose this question to y'all now. What count? What counts as your era? Like what? What counts as my era? Is it when you're in high school? So everything that comes out from when you're in high school counts as your era, or is it when you're legally able to go out when you're like 21? Does that count as your era? What counts as your era? Because my oldest brother. Who's uh forty two? I think he's going on forty three. He says that his era was Tupac and Biggie. But it's like Pac died in what ninety six? Biggie died in March of ninety seven. My oldest brother graduated high school in ninety seven. Or 98. I think it was 98. So it was like... What was it, 97? I can't remember. Uh, I read it uh, I read it was 09. So... 97. I think he graduated in 97. So it was like... 
Tupac and Biggie counts as your era? How? You were in like mid high school when they were at their height. How how would that count as your era? Like I don't I don't know what counts as anyone's era. Because if you go, well, no, from when you start high school, let's just say that. Let's just say hypothetically from when you start high school is when it, it, that counts as your era, right? Or when you become a teenager. So 13 to, let's say, 21 is your era. That's your block of music. That eight years or maybe even or, or bump it. Let's just give it a decade from when you became a teenager and you started rebelling against your parents and listening to music that you weren't supposed to listen to to when you were 23. Let's just give it a decade, right? So if you're giving it a decade, out now I will have to go look at that time span between 2004 and 2014. I'll have to go look at that span. Because if, if that's the case, if that's the case, you're looking at well, you know, you'll be looking at from my older brother, you'll be looking at from 91 until 01 for him, right? And I think all of my siblings will probably just fall right in line with that because they're all about two years apart. So from 91 to 01, and then my era started in 04 to 2014, right? That's, that's, this, is, this is me honestly making it up as I go. But let's just say that that's their era. From 91 to 01 is their era, right? I mean, Pocket Biggie died about halfway through their era. And then there was a lull period. Then it becomes people trying to scramble to see. Now, they had some, you know, Wu-Tang Clan. They had uh, Underground Kings. They, you know, say you, you, you had a lot of that. But then, towards the end of their era, you know, T.I. drops 24s and Rubber Band Man. Jay-Z comes out with the Blueprint in 01, which is the exact end date of that era. Um, but then, you know, you have Reasonable Doubt in there somewhere. You have Life of Time of Sean Carter Volume 1 and 2 in there. The Rock Dynasty is in there. So, like, you have a lot of a, a, a good solid 75% of Jay-Z's career took place between 91 and 01. And probably some of his best albums, honestly. But, like, in my era, the Jay-Z we got was the Black Album. We got, um, we got Kingdom Come, which is honestly one of, if not the worst rap albums I ever heard. Um, but then, you know, you got the T.I. <clears> T.I. <throat> becomes king of the South. T.I. is running things. G-Unit is running things. Diplomats are starting to come, are, are running things. You Like, you, you have, and then you have, again, the the dance music, which is still infused in all of that, but <clears throat> you had that with the previous era. I just don't like how, because uh, my, my fiance and I were talking about this last night too, and I remember while we were talking, I was like, man, I got to record about this. It's something about past generations, man. 
it's something about past generations just just hating on uh let me not say hating Gen- past generations throw shade and dirt and salt on generations after like oh man what is this like it is funny how i can listen to like my 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 eldest nephew who is 18 he's about to be 19 in a month i have another nephew who just turned 14 this year i have another nephew who's about to be man how old is i think he's going to be 13 this year yeah he's going to be 13 this year in july his brother will be turning 19 in July. I have another nephew that turned 14 in April. Like, they're... I think my eldest nephew is a Generation Z. But my other nep- my other nephews and my niece, they're... I think they're in the same generation as my son, I think. Because my son's going to be six. So, yeah, they're probably in the same generation as he is. So, it's like... It's crazy because the generation behind me, this generation Z, and they have like these Kodak Blacks, these, 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 um, these, um, like it's just terrible artists. And it's like, I used to tell my, like, how can you listen to this? Even though he listens to a lot of the music that I listened to, which is weird. But then I listen to music a lot of times that my siblings listen to. Like the taste is just different. I was I was never into them franchise boys and I was never into like Bow Wow and all of them. Like I, I was never into them. Which is is Bow Wow my era? He can't be. He's thirty six years old. Bow Wow can't be my era, right? When did Bow Wow start making music? Like ninety nine? No, that's no, that's can't be ninety nine. That's that's too like oh like two thousand maybe. When did like Mike come out? Cause I remember I went to go see that. How old was I? Anyway, anyway, um, like I don't understand why we have to throw shade on generations that come after us, right? Because some of the music that my siblings will listen to would make my mom's ears bleed. Let me not say that. Because R&B, my mom listened to a few R&B artists from my siblings' era, like Tony Braxton, Brandy, uh, Monica. Like my, my mom listened to some of them. So let me not say all music, but the rap at least. Rap music. My mom was born in the late 60s, mid-60s, late 60s, mid-60s, whatever. Somewhere in there. And you know she was, she liked the Temptations and and um, uh, what was light skin homie name with the green eyes? I forgot to do a name. I'm blanking right now. But it was with Motown. Um, you know what I'm saying like that that era of music. That's what my mom loved listening to. And then you had the '70s with Earth, Wind, and Fire and stuff like that. And Luther Vandross from the '80s. You know, you 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 know Whitney Houston. That's who my mom listened to. Um, but then you have 
Tupac and the Biggies and the Jay-Z's and, you know, some of these other rap artists that my siblings had to sneak and listen to. You know what I'm saying? And my mom would say, you know, how can you call that music? But then my grandma would probably tell my mom, listening to Earth, Wind & Fire, even though low-key, I think my grandma did like Earth, Wind & Fire. I think she did. My, my, my grandma was actually relatively young, actually, when she passed away. But anyway. But, um... Okay, so my grandma would be a bad example. Because my grandma, she she... I think she liked all of the music up until the 80s. And then after that, she was probably done. But, um... Probably not in the 80s. Probably up to the 70s. Through the 70s. So, my mom would probably listen to, like, DMX and stuff like that. And, and my mom knew who some of these artists were. Like, she knew who DMX was when he passed away because my siblings listened to him. But it's like, she... she she wouldn't listen to the music. Like, it wasn't. It wouldn't be in her rotation. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how can y'all call that music? That's what my mom would say. But then here I come behind my siblings, listen to my music. And my siblings would be like, man, how can you call that music? It's just, it's just weird that every generation that comes looks at the next generation like, how you call that music? You call this basketball? They're not even playing defense. Like, some of these kids who are 19 years old, the same age as my nephew, going into the NBA draft, I don't know who these dudes are, but none of them play defense. None of them play defense. Like, I don't know who any of these cats are. Just like when it comes to to to, to, um, to football. Nobody wants to play defense anymore. <coughs> No one wants to play defense anymore. Everybody wants to be a wide receiver or a quarterback. In my day, it was fun to hit people. When I was in high school, it was fun to play defense. I was a part of, and y'all can probably Google it. Actually, don't Google it. Don't, do not Google it. But I was a part of a top 10 ranking defense in the state of Wisconsin. My high school was a top 10 ranking defense in the state of Wisconsin. I started at defensive end. Defense was fun when I was in high school. It was fun. Because when I was in high school, everybody was trying to run a spread offense and this triple option offense. And then remember, they started running the Wildcat offense in the NFL because the Dolphins were doing it. Yeah, that became popular during my era of playing football. No, like, when I was in high school, that offense wasn't fun. We ran that offense my junior year. And then my senior year, we went to, like, an I-formation offense. But it, my junior year in high school, we ran the, the, op, the double option, triple option offense. That wasn't fun. I remember talking to some of my offensive uh, teammates they hated like the wide receivers on my on that team that I played on hated that offense cuz you weren't passing the ball hated that offense but we all loved playing defense we all loved hitting we loved it we took to it like fish in the water but now people just want to play quarterback and wide receiver all day nobody wants to play defense like you look at some of these NFL scores Especially in college, 
Like, dog, they resemble, like, college basketball uh, scores. Even a little bit in the NFL, the score would be 42 to 56. No overtime. And it's like nobody's playing defense anymore. So now you have some of these young kids who I, I don't know who they are coming into the NBA draft and not playing defense. It's just weird how every five, six, seven years or so, things change. And then you have the previous generation telling the next generation you ruin things. But then for for the previous generation, the previous generation before that told them the same thing. It's just weird. I, I want to get to a point, and I remember listening to, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to sign off. I remember watching an interview that J. Cole did with Angie Martinez. And this was, I think it was after KOD came out. It was after KOD came out, but before he sat down with uh, some young Trippy Red or, nah, it wasn't Trippy Red. I forgot the, the Gucci Gang dude, the whatever dude name is. Cole sat down one-on-one and talked to him. Right, but Cole sat down with with uh, Adrian Martinez and said that he had to learn to stop hating, and he used the word hating on the younger generation and their music because it's their music, it's how they express their talent. Now you can say it's not a talent all you want, but it's how they express themselves. They're making money off of it. They're selling out stadiums. Like, I don't understand how Lil Uzi Vert sells out a stadium. I don't understand. When he has a song, and these are the literal lyrics. All my friends are dead. All my friends are dead. Those are the lyrics. And you have these 15-year-old suburban kids screaming it. Going crazy. Like, Lil Uzi Vert, his... His album sales are through the roof. Like, through the roof. Like, up there with J. Cole and Kendrick's. Like, it's up there. And some of y'all probably like, who's Lil Uzi Vert? It's, it's crazy. But one thing but one thing that should tell you is there's more than just you in the world. You know? There's millions of other people that don't listen to or don't agree with you. And then there's millions of people that probably do. So, listening to that J. Cole interview, one thing I got from, from what he was saying was, who am I to tell this younger generation that y'all ruined something? Or that y'all are talentless? Or that y'all are doing it the wrong way? Nobody told us how to do it. No one told J. Cole how to do it. He was signed to Jay-Z, and Jay-Z gave him no publicity. He had to do it all on his own. Who, who are we to say that their music is trash compared to ours? Or, or that their sports is, uh, performers are worse than ours? Who's to say? Who who are we to say that one, that the next generation ruined something? When with every new generation, it's a new era. 
It's a new story being told. It's a whole new talent. It's a whole new bar being set. There's more money to be made. Honestly, thankfully, due to the prior generation. But then the next generation pushes that forward for the generation to follow. Who are we to say that one person ruined one, a whole genre of something? A whole generation's worth of hard work was ruined by one person. But then when you look at that genre or that industry, it's still thriving. Still making more money than it ever had. Hip-hop, dude, hip-hop artists, rap artists are making more money than they ever did. Ever. Now. Lil Uzi Vert is making more money in his rap career than Jay-Z did in his rap career. I mean, yeah. Due to inflation. But Jay isn't wasn't through rap through the 1996 through 2001 run he had dropping an album every summer for five years. He didn't make more money dropping those classic albums compared to Lil Uzi Vert. Lil Uzi Vert making more money than he did. Jay didn't become a billionaire until he started exploring different avenues and different streams of income. Lil Uzi Vert makes music, sell out arenas and stadiums around the world, go double, triple platinum, and he sits on money. Now you have some of these artists, just like artists back then, are broke. You know, that's that's going to happen. But look at NBA players. LeBron has shown that you can't just make money off of this NBA thing. You got to have different ways of making money, which brought more eyes to basketball. Like Michael Jordan did the whole shoe game thing. Like, Jordan did that. I mean, you know, you had Converse's, but all of the Converse looked the same with Magic and Bird. Like, all of the Converse looked the same. Jordan had a signature shoe. Now, was he the first NBA player to do that? I don't think so, but I'm not doing my homework or research on it either. But, yeah, he had a signature shoe, and everybody wanted a signature shoe. Then you saw other NBA players wearing Jordan's signature shoe playing against him. But, I mean, that happens. You you had to find ways to push the envelope. I'm pretty sure Dr. J and Bill Russell was like, man, y'all ruining the game because it's no longer about the game anymore. Now y'all want shoe deals. Now look. Now look. And now there's more eyes being brought on to the NBA world. Because the next generation saw what the previous generation did and did it better. Or not, let me not say better, but did it bigger on a wider scale. But then you have the previous generation, low-key, we throw a little shade because we like, nah, I, I, I deserve more. But sometimes when you're the first one over the hill, you're going to eat most of the arrows. This is what it is. Same thing with these Generation Zers. 
making millions of dollars by dancing on TikTok. Or now you have clothing lines like Shein or clothing lines and little boutiques from the internet reaching out to Instagrammers instead of reaching out to models. Like, you think it's easy? Like, it's freaking Tyra Banks. But then you have these, like, like clothing lines or boutiques on the internet. They're not reaching out to Tyra Banks to wear their shit. They're reaching to Mira2929 on Instagram. Underscore Big Mira. I don't know. I'm just making up a name. Because she has, and she's a YouTuber. Again, I'm making up a person. She could be a YouTuber with three and a half million followers. Okay, let's send her some gear so that she can wear it, take pictures in it, and then put the description in her little comment section. And now everybody's running to Shein.com and buying what she's wearing because they subscribe to her on YouTube and they're fans of hers. She's not a model. They're, they don't do runways. They're just posing on Instagram. But we get mad at that. My generation gets mad at them because this social media thing, we started this. We run this. This was made for us. But then the generation before mine used to look at Facebook and Twitter and be like, man, y'all put all y'all business on there. Y'all be complaining on there all day. But then the generation came after mine and was like, oh, there's ways to make money off of this. I can just be a my entire Instagram account can be a billboard for Dunkin Donuts promoting their new iced coffee. That's why it's called influencers. I just want to say this. And this episode went a bit longer than I wanted. I just want to say this. We got to stop hating the players in the game. Sometimes the players in the game can have rules altered to fit their whim. I mean, we see it in the NFL and and we see it in the NFL and the NBA and the MLB and the NHL and the MLS happens all of the time where you have players come in and they're so dominant and you have the um, you have the gatekeepers of sports alter rules because it's like, no, this person is too dominant. Now nah, this team is too dominant. So we got to do something about cap space for smaller market teams or 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 we got to do something where we got to make the the backboard and the basketball go higher because we've never seen somebody come into the basketball gym six foot ten and they don't even have to jump to dunk the ball anymore. Like we've never seen that. So now we gotta make the we gotta make the hoop higher. Oh now you got these NBA players coming in, they're seven foot, three hundred something pounds, moving like gazelles, and now they're breaking backboards. Now we gotta make the backboard tougher. You got players shooting 23 feet from the basketball court. Hey, we should make that worth more points than just two. How about make it worth three? 
And now you seeing people shoot from the from the from from half court, nothing but net. Now they're talking about making a four point line. Now you get and pretty soon we're gonna be able to get five point plays if somebody gets fouled shooting a four point jump shot. Now they're going for a five point play. But you have the Steph Curry's and the Damian Lillards pulling from half court. LeBron be pulling from half court. They call him Logo LeBron. It's just when you have players and teams dominating the, um, a certain aspect of the game, now there's new rules being introduced. And that happened with social media. People are getting deals with McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts and, and, and Apple and Beats by Apple and uh, uh, Samsung Skull Candies. Y'all remember those? Getting deals with these companies. <clears throat> making millions of dollars. And then you got social media websites like YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, being like, hold on. Why don't we just get into the advertisement game? And then these companies just pay us to run ads. And then you have these YouTubers making a whole ass load of money. And now you got YouTube like, hold on. No, we want a percentage of that. Y'all, y'all can't be getting paid under the table by some of these companies and then putting it on our website and we don't benefit from it? Nah. But see, that's what the gener- the Gen Zers did. And us, millennials, we're like, damn, we lost out, we lost out on that. Because we were we were the lab rats for for these social media apps. We were the lab rats. When, when Facebook and Twitter came out in 2009, I remember because I, when I graduated high school, everybody was on Facebook because I had a MySpace when I was like 16 years old or whatever. I had a MySpace account. And only thing you do is customize your page and then people come on your page and look at it. And then you can put music and glitter stickers on your page. And that was it. You couldn't post anything. Well, you can post pictures, but then you customize your your page the way you wanted it, with music and all this other stuff, which was really dope. And then Facebook comes, and then everybody's hopping on Facebook, and Facebook, Facebook, Facebook started off just for college students, but then everybody's on Facebook, 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 right? And like oh eight, oh nine, and then I remember in oh nine when Twitter came out, I made a Twitter account. And my friends laughed at me. Man, ain't nobody on Twitter. Nobody use Twitter. Now look at Twitter now. I remember I had like 500 some followers on Twitter. And then my friends finally made a Twitter. Then they surpassed me. Now all of a sudden they was all on Twitter. So then I moved to Instagram when Instagram came out in like 2011. I moved to Instagram. Didn't like Instagram. I went back to Twitter. But we were the lab rats. YouTube came out in like 06. You know what was on YouTube in 2006? Cat videos and Kimbo Slice RIP knocking people out in their backyards. That's all YouTube consisted of. Was Kimbo Slice knockout videos and cat videos playing um, doing humanly acts. Now look at what it's become now.
Now you got music videos and movies and that, but that wasn't a thing in 07 and 08. But look at what it's grown into. Look at what it's become. Because the generation after mine learned how to monetize it. It's just Gen Zers get upset because they see us millennials coming in who, let's, let's call it spade a spade. I mean, the youngest age group of millennials are probably 28 years old now. Like, I, I think if you're 27, 26, you're, you're, you're the oldest Generation Z. But at 28, 29, you're the youngest millennials. Yeah, Gen Zers, you're getting old now. Y'all are becoming OG. Y'all, y'all approaching that hill of becoming too old to be doing some of the shit that y'all doing. We won't talk about that later. We'll talk about that a different day. But here you have us trying to be like, no, hold on. Y'all wouldn't have these Twitters and these Instagrams and these YouTubes if it wasn't for us being lab rats, not knowing what this stuff was. So y'all got to make room. Is it fair for us to do that? I don't know. But now we're the old we're the old people at the club that don't know when their prime has passed them. And Generation Z's are sick. They like, man, you get your old eye out of here. Yeah, we 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 there now. But Gen Z's are not too far behind. It's just crazy how this played out. That's all. This is crazy how it plays out. But this has been another episode of Podcast About Nothing, man. I hope I hope y'all enjoyed. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to call this episode. But I hope y'all enjoyed. I enjoyed talking about this. Um, please be sure to like and share and comment the podcast and everything like that. Um, follow me on Twitter at um, Pod About Nothing. You can email me at pod about nothing. Oh, wait, no, pod about nada at Gmail. Uh, follow me on Twitter at pod about nothing. Follow me on IG podcast about nothing. Um, yeah, man, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it. I don't know when I'm going to release it. Maybe I'll release it tomorrow because it's kind of late. So I'll probably just release it tomorrow. But uh, I'm going to try to keep the schedule going. Wednesdays and Saturdays every week. Just be on the lookout. Starting next week, it's going to be Wednesdays and Saturdays. And I might release this episode Sunday. I want to get back into um, Classic Music Mondays. I'm going to be going on vacation at the end of July, so in about a month. Um, And I might do a surprise recording. It's a family vacation. I might do a surprise recording if if my family feels up to being on there. What are y'all going to talk about? Who knows? Probably just reminiscing on stuff. That's probably going to be it. But this has been an episode of Podcast About Nothing. I've been your host, Apex. Until next time, make it do what it do until it does. You heard? Yeah. Peace.